This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupans. And Zupans.com is where you need to sign up for the news feed. I've said this before. The free stuff. Why not while you're going to the grocery store? Get some free stuff. They have buy one, get one steak, free peaches. You sign up at Zupans.com. And what I do is I, while I'm in the store, I pull up my email and say, what am I going to get free? And there it is. Plus, check out their regional dinner series in Cellar Z Burnside. It's happening the second Fridays of each month. It's a four-course dinner with wine pairings focused on a specific region of France. October 13th, for example, we're going to Bordeaux. November 10th, the Loire Valley. You can get tickets, of course, at zoopants.com. And speaking of, did you know that their Burnside location has a beautiful wine cellar? The cellar houses a collection of rare and fine wines and is a great location for hosting really nice intimate parties, and you can do special events there. So check out the full list of wines, plus more on renting the space at zoopans.com. So that's at the Burnside location, two other locations, of course, at Lake Grove and McAdam and zoopans.com. It is time once again for Portland's Food Scene Podcast. We call it Right of the Fork uh, because it just makes sense. And so should everybody else. Right. Everybody else should call it that too. Although, if you went to Instagram, right. you would call it Food Podcast PDX. Right. We, we, I don't, was that because Right at the Fork was not available? Uh, no. I don't know that I ever asked that. No, because when Heather and I started this, yes. we just had a conversation and we thought, let's describes- be the food pod. You just said yeah. Portland's Food Scene yeah. Podcast, and we thought that was the... Best way to go. That's exactly it. That uh, voice uh, you're hearing, by the way, over there, Chris Angeles, Portland Food Adventures. And you are Court Johnson, and we're it's a pleasure to have your voice on this podcast. Thank you very much. We're going, uh, We're uh, this has been fun the last couple of months because we've, we're kind of going back to some previous people we've had on the show and talking to them in a different way because we had Patrick McKee already on the show. But With we didn't, Ben Bettinger, who yeah. is his partner in crime at different different ventures yeah. throughout his career. So he didn't get to go into Patrick's background and, you know, what made him do what. Right. And plus, since they've been on, which was about a year and a half ago, I think, maybe yeah, it was, two uh, years ago. If you're going into the archives, I looked it up, it's episode 50. 50. Yeah, and so now we're, on, we're into the 130s somewhere Something along like the line. That, yeah. so, so it was a while ago, and, mm-hmm. and it was uh, Patrick and Ben when they were both at Laurel Horse Market after they had both been with Vitaly at Paley's Place and uh, and we're going to talk to Patrick a little bit about appearing on Iron Chef with with Chef Paley and and Ben Pettinger and emerging victorious and a little bit of what that was like. But Patrick is one of the most humble gentlemen that I've met in the food scene. I think he's just a he's a low key guy. And um, from what I see, I'm not with him in the kitchen, right? But uh, is a really talented chef um, and works really hard. We're going to talk about that. He's got uh, kids that uh, that uh, vary from age seventeen down to nine months. Nine months. Yeah, that's right. I was looking for the exact month mm-hmm. count. Yeah, no, I and, was. That's quite. It's quite the spread. Right, and and he hasn't yet gotten married and will soon. Yeah. So he's looking forward to that. We talk about all of that. Yeah. So uh, and he's now at South Fork, mm-hmm. where we have a Portland Food Adventures dinner coming up on October twenty sixth. And what we didn't say on the podcast is we're featuring, uh, you know, at all PFA dinners, right. chefs talk about where they hang out and where they like to go. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it'll be, you'll leave with gift certificates to Pizza Jerk and Paiche for one of the coolest, best breakfast, healthiest breakfasts in town. Nice. Um, and also a place I haven't tried yet, and I got to get over there, MF Tasty Food Cart. And that's one of uh, Patrick's favorite places. So we also have... Um, an opportunity, a matching gift. Uh, so if you buy a ticket and pop $25 in there to the Trail Keepers of Oregon to help clean up the mess that's going to be left behind after the fire, yeah. we'll match that. So we'll be sending $50 off to them for each ticket in that regard. Very nice. So you can sign up for that PFA at PortlandFoodAdventures.com, which is where they can also find out about your upcoming trip to, to Mexico City. Absolutely. We're going to Mexico City where they... Um, Mezcal and Chocolate Focus with David Briggs from Chocolato to David. And some of you may know 
delightful Catherine Mantarola, who's uh, very knowledgeable about Mexico City and has been doing a lot of the groundwork on the trip for us there. That's March 11th. Really fun trip going to Pujol and, um, and Quintonil for some of the higher-end dining experiences. But we're also going to be doing some of the best tacos and, and lots of great food there. So uh, March 11th, right when you're getting tired of the winter. Well, it's the Get per- out. It's the perfect time to go. That's when I go to Mexico. Right. Uh, so details, thanks, again, thanks, it's... I was saying thanks for asking me. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, PortlandFoodAdventures.com <laughs> is where you get the details on that. But to hear from Patrick McKee, you just listen to this podcast. You just stay seated and right. go. <laughs> what are you using your hair? You know, it used to be Vitalis. <laughs> I got a, I got a good girl who cuts my hair now. Yeah, but she doesn't cut. It doesn't. She does, every morning she doesn't make it look no. that good. So she, how do I get taught, that full head of hair? She like taught me. Have? She taught me how to do it. So. Oh, can she teach me how to have that he- <laughs> that head of hair? You're gonna need to. I think that's lost cause, and I'm <laughs> there with you. Oh, you're not there with me, I'm no, buddy. I'm I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm you, getting there. But you're not there. No, with I, me. I woke up this morning and I'm like, I need to find me a beard guy because I've been growing this beard regularly for probably almost a decade. They do beard trimming and stuff. Yeah, I, I need somebody to kind of. T- Groom it for me and then teach me what I need to do. Not, I just... not that people tuned into the podcast to hear this, but, and I'm not criticizing you. I was about to say what I do is I just shave it all off like every couple of weeks and then mm-hmm. it starts. I see, I, I used to do that, but then I decided to go with the thicker, like a, I don't like a more the thicker, man. thicker I can't one. Deal with it. You, and, I've never seen you with a beard. I, uh, what did I do? I had a, uh, my fiance Cynthia hated it, but I had a uh, healthy mustache. Up until uh, you have a picture of me actually for the new PFA with that when it was first coming. Oh, out. yeah. And then I went down. Like a little like little whole, Magnum PI action going on? More like oh, the, yeah. the whole handlebar thing. It just got wow. too itchy. And I I'm was not like, changing you know, it, man. I, 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 wanted, to, I wanted to, uh, to keep it, but when you get asked every day to please, for the love of God, shave it off. <laughs> Yeah, especially you know. the love the woman you well, love. Well, so actually, who loves, funny story. Who actually is still loving you be, despite the mustache. Despite, yeah, waking up in the morning and being like, <laughs> "Oh God, it's still there," you know. But uh, speaking of my hair, my uh, my good friend Kathleen, who cuts my hair over at uh, the Bridgetown Barber Society, I went oh. in to get my hair cut, and she was like, "What are you What are you doing with this?" And one of the women who works directly behind her, who I see because I go in like every three weeks, mm-hmm. was like, okay, uh, are you buying a motorcycle? No. Okay. Uh, are you growing a ponytail? No. Okay. She was like, all right, then get rid of it. Oh, but so, it, it would go with the ponytail. She said if, if you could just do the, like, the cop stash, that yeah. might work, but the full thing she said for you, no, it's not. No, I'm surprised I, she didn't ask you if you were going to become a cop. <laughs> that would have been my third question. I don't think they'll let me. Right. I think I think a, a goatee would have looked okay. The whole I've done thing. the goatee thing. Yeah. So I don't it's know. It's a good I, thing. I'm back and forth all over the place. The thing is, every time I shave it to it or do a different thing, I feel like I look younger. But I got a new thing. Right. When I go all the way and I and I'm just shaven, clean shaven, yeah. I look in the mirror and I like see my father. So then I immediately want to grow this back. And not that you know my father was a good looking yeah. guy, but I just don't feel like looking like my father, feeling like my father. Yeah. I don't know. It's I hate shaving every day. I yeah, really well, that's but the other like, nice thing. I have dark hair, thing. and my beard comes in very quickly. So it's like the, either trim it or let it. I let it go, and then I trimmed it yesterday before I went into work. But, but still, you know, and it's just there's hair everywhere, and you know, Cynthia's yelling at me about getting hair all over the sink. And you all know, right, so we've we've done the head. Let's move down the body. Let's keep doing hair. <laughs> this is body. This is body hair talk <laughs> on right before. Everybody's tuning in for this. Yeah. No, but I think it's important. It's very important for people to so, know your grooming habits. That's there what, you go. We're trying to get deep into the stories. Of first, our first on community. my list, I'm going to tick that. <laughs> you know, uh, Kathleen got me into my hair's insanely straight. Okay. And very hard. A lot to, of people would like very that. hard to manage. I'm so, jealous of that head. The head of hair. You I have a hair. lot of hair. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going bald. Yeah. But so, she uh, she gave me some hair wax to use. Oh, then, that's what you're using. Uh-huh. Here. And then right. when you blow dry it, you use the hair wax, and then it's not so oh, much. Oh, you're just, blow drying you know, too. No, not now. I mean, not today. But <laughs> when you know, when I went to my little sister's wedding, like I, I, you know, you know, you get all dressed up and yeah, you know, and then she's got like the product after 
you blow dry your hair as well. So I've got like right. two things, you know, it's like, and I have to cement it down because it's, it will fly everywhere. Good. So did you have long hair as a kid? I did actually for how, a while. How, what was the longest it was? Uh, down to my nipples. Down to your nipples? Yeah, I've got So you pictures. had it going right down the front. Oh yeah. And, and then uh, that turned into a mohawk of sorts. I was, this was uh, Washington DC, 1988, 1989. Okay. Not a long time ago. You know. Um, I mean, uh, relatively speaking to the planet. You know, sure. And then, uh, you know, um, I'm not afraid to admit during the 80s I had the, the mullet for a little bit, but it was, in, really? it was in fashion back then. Do you still do you have any pictures? You're going to post it on Facebook? No, I do. I'm sure my sister has some somewhere. And what music were you listening to when you had the mullet? Well, honestly, uh, at, I think around that time I, uh, I just actually posted a thing on my Facebook of a little girl who found out about the dead Kennedys. Oh, so I remember the Dead Kennedys. You know, I went from you know, I went from uh, Bon Jovi to the to the Dead Kennedys, and kind of went back and forth and listened. My parents always listened to quite a bit of music. What were they uh, into? Oh, they're into the old school. uh, You know, uh, Nat King Cole. uh, A lot of my grandfather was really into old school jazz. Mm -hmm. Miles Davis. A lot of vinyl. um, You know, the typical Italian American stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of Frank Sinatra and, uh, you know, stuff like that, you know, it went, went with my mom cooking. I've got very fond memories of listening to this stuff while my mom was making dinner. And what was she making? Uh, remember if best? we were lucky, like lasagna, but that was, you know, it, it's not easy to make and my mom's like the purest. So like when I talked to her, like, Oh, I'm making marinara today. She's like, are you cooking it for 18 hours? Oh, you're not. Oh, you're making quick manner, you know. And it's like, oh, well, I no, you know. So is she Italian? Yeah, obviously. Well, not obviously. So. Her name is McKee. So, uh, but that doesn't necessarily indicate your mother. Dad family. Irish. Yeah, dad's know, Irish. Mom but, Italian. Wow, that's what my kids have. They have and uh, I feel like it's like the East Coast butt. I feel like a lot of people are like Irish and Italian. Yeah, I don't know. And and the food there is. Is not necessarily Irish, but there's so much more Italian. No, but we grew up. We grew up like there was, it was strictly not well, not strictly, but there was a lot of Italian, Mm -hmm. you know. uh, But like I was saying, you know, if we were lucky, like my mom's lasagna is like the best. When she comes out to visit, she'll make it and freeze it and put it in her suitcase. (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) yeah, for real. But it's like I can't, I can't replicate it, and I can't get it here. I don't know what she does. Well, for a long time, she wouldn't even give me the recipe for a marinara. Why? You're uh, a chef. Well, think she, she'd want to showcase well, a great, you know, you know she, Paley's place. Right. Well, funny story. So she came to Paley's when I first started working there and met Vito. And this was, I think, after Ben had left. I had stepped in as the sous chef. They came back to visit, and they'd been in a couple times, and had gotten to know Vito and Kim. And then she emailed, or no, she old school mailed Vito, like one of those old school recipe cards mm. with the marinara sauce. And he like came into the office one day and was like, dude, your mom sent me the recipe. And I was like, dude, I, I don't even have it. Yeah. So. You know, but her, her oh, thing was Vito. like, Vito, get, Vito gets the recipe, you know, but, uh, she was like, you know, you're just going to change it. You're going to see something that you don't want to do and you're going to do something different. What about Vito? Did he ever make it? I don't know. I say this, I say, if you can find it, are your mom still, she finally gave it to me. Years okay, later. So, so I say, yeah, I, you could do it yourself, obviously, but I think it'd be cool to do it at the Crown. Pull it out and do <laughs> the lasagna at at the Crown now, because uh, they're doing. Vinny's doing some pretty cool. Yeah, I was in there finally there. the other day. It was good. Did you have the, the clam pie? They didn't have it. We mm-hmm. were there. Uh, Cynthia and I were tooling around downtown with Oliver on Monday and stopped in. It's okay. good, man. It's really good. Yeah, it's, you know, it's. Solid. Good, it's really good. good. Crust. And they took. We just did our uh, little pre-union lunch for our trips to Europe, and we had all our people there, and they, oh, they nice. did a really nice spread. As I knew they would, that's why I went. Yeah, I mean, I feel them. like we got. I got the meat lovers, or just the meat pie. I forget what they call it, but it was really. It's super tasty. The pepperoni's really good. That's what Cynthia had. Cool. You know, good crust. You know, it's it's stuff for me that you can't find out here. So it's nice to. I've I heard the podcast with you and Scotty. And yeah, it was you know I, I was just on court. I've been listening to a lot of the podcasts lately while we're prepping at work, and it was really cool. You know, listening to Tommy's. You Scotty, know. by the way, Scotty Rivera. If anybody's yes. look and Tommy Habits, just listening Scott, to them. Yeah, listen, these guys talk about pizza. You know, and it's like stuff. 
that you have on the East Coast. You just don't get it out here. You know, like but the pizzas, food. the pizza game has really stepped up in the last few years. Oh yeah, it's not like you're, there's a dearth of well, great pizza. You still can't get what I, uh, what I love there, but I still, you know, it's fine. I love that you're a huge proponent for the clam pie. I just talked to um, Joshua last night. You know, and they're open. He's opening a new pizza place behind Ava Jean's. I assume that wasn't a secret. So, <laughs> but yeah, I asked, I'm out of the loop, man. I, I asked know. him about the clam, the clam pot. Hold on a second. I'm getting notifications. I forgot to turn this. You're off. late for something, Chris. Yeah, no, I know. It's this podcast. I know who it is. <laughs> so, um, so I uh, asked him about clam pie and he said oh yeah we're gonna make it i said with the shells and he looks at me like i'm nuts like who would put shells on it i said people do here and so anyway he's gonna he's gonna make one which will be pretty cool he's trying to do you know mm-hmm. pretty crispy crust anyway enough pizza talk I love we pizza. have you here yeah no it's good always good to talk about pizza and people tell me all the time gee you gravitate towards that somehow it just happens in conversation i don't think i'm necessarily i don't know everybody it. loves it you know i i love eating pizza I mean, we had crown pizza the other day for lunch, and uh, I think it was Tuesday night. I I go in to South Fork on Tuesdays and do some catch-up prep work to get us ahead. How many days a week are you there? Six. Six days a week. So what's your day off? Monday. Monday. And do you have any time to yourself? You got to myself. Kids. Not, yeah. Well, you, just, you know, I like, mean, do you ever get to just say I, I I'm feel doing like this. no? I feel like time time to yourself, like to where I'm alone. Mm. No. Uh, I get time I to myself s- when I go to the restroom or when I take a shower. Okay. But How long is your shower? How long do you stay in there? Very quick. Really? Yeah, you don't get that much time. You know. Um, I'd like to package up my my uh, time that I get to myself and and bequeath it to guys like you. You and just give, give you that. a day of that because I have, you know, I've done, I've raised my kids. And so now I get yeah. that, but... I bring that up not to talk about me, but because you you just have to keep going. It doesn't stop. You do. There's, you know, uh, I'm really lucky to be with somebody like Cynthia because she's in the industry and she understands what it takes, especially starting something new and what it takes to get it off the ground, what it takes to keep it running. She knows why I go in on Tuesday, even though we're closed, why I do it to get ahead so that the rest of my week's not super entirely crazy and why I'm trying to scale back from... 17 or 16 hour days. So let's talk a little bit about that quick romance because I remember one day, one week I was talking to you and you were dating someone else who we, you know, <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden Cut. you open con- Common Law and you're telling me about this yeah, you know, it was, new person that you're dating was, and you're having a child and that was like, boom, that was fast. Yeah, like 10 weeks, I think. Well, that, but but yeah. it, you fell in love like yeah. overnight, correct? Well, it, it was like we love met, it, we love met, it and then sight. we we met, and then we talked, and then we talked some more, and uh, we really didn't know where it was going to head. You know, to be honest, uh, we knew that there was an attraction, and we uh, our conversation when we first met revolved around food. We talked about her mom's mole. Uh, we talked about the food that she likes to do, where she comes from in Mexico. Where does she come from? San Luis Potosi. And where's that? Uh, central Mexico, up in the mountains. Okay. How far from Mexico City? Um, I think they're about three hours. Okay. So um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's a state that's next to or very close to Oaxaca. And that, well, that's below that's below Mexico City, I think. Yeah. It, no, that, uh, I know. So. So how, when did anyway. she? How long has she been in the states? How uh, about was, seven years? Okay. So. And she, her mother met an American uh, and moved to, they got married. Uh, he was working down in, in San Luis. Uh, there's a huge industry down there. There's a big uh, car manufacturing and stuff like that that goes on down there. Which I, did you know that BMW has a huge plant down there? No, but I know Volkswagen. Jetta, yeah. Jettas are pretty So, yeah, there. like uh, one of her best friends is uh, works with the, one of the car industries. She worked with BMW as a... Uh, I didn't realize they had this, but there's interior designers for cars. That's what she does. Oh, yeah. She's like an expert at it. And look at the BMWs. They do a pretty damn good job. Yeah, she got into Cynthia's car and was pointing out flaws in the (laughs) the fabric and stuff. (laughs) That would be be fun to have to get insecure about your fabric in your car. Well, they can look at Have that to add uh, to the mix? It was interesting. She was like, hey, your car's car's okay. (laughs) Okay, thanks. But uh, so her mom dated and then married uh, John, who's her stepdad, and and for all intents and purposes is her dad. 
He's been the most present in her life and really great guy. And he whisked her mom off to Seattle. Okay. And then Cynthia would come up with her sister to visit. And then Cynthia went to culinary school down in Mexico, in San Luis. And then I think went to, she worked in Puerto Vallarta for a little while. And then she worked at a culinary school as an instructor for a little bit. And then came up to the States, visited, went back to Mexico, met a guy not me. Court, I think he's working for a treat at home with, with the whole <laughs> Cynthia story. <laughs> and, or getting out of hot water. Yeah, the, right. one of the two. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> All those 16-hour days. Um, anyway, long story short, she met a guy who coincidentally was from Seattle. And then she moved up to Seattle. They were married for a brief time and divorced. And then we met, obviously, after that was all over. And... And you, you were know, in a lot just, of transition then, right? Because you had just opened yeah, we Law and you had to be working your way through that, which was a learning experience, of course. Learning, yeah, for me, a lot of what not to do again. You know, I definitely would have done a lot of things what better. What not to do? Yeah. What did you, what, you know? Do you yeah, yeah. You know, I think thing? about it. I think about it every day what I could have done better. Oh, you yeah. Know? But you're, that's just, it's just part yeah. of the journey, right? At some point, it will be. I think so. You look at it and you say, okay, that's why that happened. I mean, right now you're at South Fork. You're. You're happy you wouldn't be at South Fork had that not occurred, but you've got some other things to learn going forward. You're a young guy. So. Well, you know, I just read something the other day about, you know, not letting the past haunt you to really moving forward and letting those experiences uh, teach you in the future. I just saw Matt Harvey after a horrible uh, showing on the mound against the Cubs last night. I mean, this guy was the, was the Dark Knight with the right. Mets. And so one of the key things in baseball, having been a fan all the years, is pitchers have, they have, and they say this, he said it last night, 24 hours, I'll let it sit with me for 24 hours, and then after that, you gotta let it gone. go. I'm, yeah. I'm on to wor- working to improve it. So I, yeah, I, mean, I think I'm, that's, good pr- that's good for all of us. It may not be 24 hours, but I certainly, well, I have things I've been dwelling on for 24 years. Well, I think we all do. Yeah. You know? And there's definitely things to be better at and things to do the same you know some of the dishes from common law made it to south fork and have done really well you know so i knew that we were on the right track or that i was on the right track with the food and with eric and casey the owners and partners at south fork you know really given me a great opportunity to come back to portland i really i went out to intel for a brief spell and was not in love with corporate dining at all and it was really great to have the opportunity to to come back to Portland, and you know I love the the people here and the, the the food fans and the people that really get it, like yourself, that understand the industry. Um, it's nice to have an opportunity to cook for those people again. You know, it's it's meant a lot to me to really get back. And I started a foundation with a really good crew. I've got some some guys from Intel that followed me uh, over that are doing a great job, and uh, you know I wouldn't be sitting here today really if it wasn't for uh eli who's my sous chef as uh, there right now prepping away for tonight where i leave and we'll go back there after i'm done here but as really you know we've every week is a better week every day is a better day you know i was thinking about it this morning on the way in thinking about talking to you and um what you just said is you can just see it because everybody loves you that i know I, you know i talk to a mm-hmm. lot of people there's nobody who ever says a disparaging word, and not that I'm not that I'm looking for that, but everybody's always very positive about you. You're always very positive, and I'm trying uh, to be. you know. But what you just said about you know loving the people in the food community, you can feel that in your hospitality when you're somewhere. I've always, when you and I met, and this happens with a lot of people, so I get to get a feel for uh, uh, synergy. Um, you were really kind to me and right off the bat just stayed very, uh, focused and, uh, cordial. We did some events with Vito. We yeah, we did, did great. a few. We did a we few. We did a couple PFAs. PFAs. Yeah, those were great. Yeah, they're, they're fun to do. We're doing one at South Fork. May as well, as long as we're there. Let's October 26th. October 26th. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be, be awesome. And I, we've, we did, we already did two with Johanna in that space. We did oh, really? two PFAs at Smallwares. That was yeah. the first time we did a second. It's a great space, isn't it? I love it. And you've changed it from a red vibe to a blue vibe, which right. I really like. And still got the great bar in back. And, yeah. Um, I love the disparity between how it looks in the front and how it looks in the back. It's, it's too, you know, we, 
uh, Eric and Casey knocked a hole in the wall because originally it was separated, which I had been in a handful of times when Joanna was there, but I never realized. And I was always there for lunch because I never had a chance really to go in for dinner. But opening the space up between the doorway between the two spaces, I think really made, you know, it kind of pulled everything together for us. And it's great to have the fireplace and the couches, you know, and the, it's got that loungy feel. It's, it's dark. And yeah, but the, the whole thing, I was hoping because when Small Wars closed, I, we kept hearing that it was the neighborhood, which is something that I don't understand having because I got to drive everywhere I go. Right. So the neighborhood to me is like, well, how's the parking? Um, so uh, I am hoping that that's not an issue, that it will come around. How do you feel? How's the neighborhood accepting I feel like the neighborhood's accepting us very well. There has been a lot of, or there was a lot of request for us to open for brunch, which we've done. And it's been a little bit hit and miss. We haven't really promoted it that much. You know, we just kind of opened the doors one Sunday and kind of put a blast out on Instagram. there's also a lot of competition for brunch. I mean, around town there is, yeah. yeah. Around that strip, there's one place, you know, there's Grand Central, but nobody's doing brunch, brunch, you know, except for uh, one place down the street. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not that we're in like direct competition with them, we're just... I really just want to focus on what we're doing and it's doing, still doing be what a we destination. Do. It's a beautiful place. You're you're talented and oh, you know, I, I can't reel I haven't been there, so I can't reel off any of the dishes. That you're yeah, it's good. You know, we do some there's a little bit of crossover. One of my favorite things I think that sells the most is we do a, a smoked brisket dish at dinner. And then we turn around and we shred that brisket and make it a brisket hash for Sunday brunch. And with poached eggs, a little bit of uh, creamy grits. Keep talking. He's working on getting me the, to drive the 97 miles from Manzanita on a weekend. Just that's stay when the, on a Saturday I never get night. to go for brunches because I'm usually out there. I do. I'll there, come with occasionally. you. Oh, you we'll will? Go. I will. All right. I'll commit to it. Then when I'm free Sunday morning. I say let's put the date on the calendar. <laughs> because it's not going to happen <laughs> if we don't do <laughs> it. That's <laughs> no, true. <laughs> Every we Sunday. We will do it. Let's I'll tell do you what, that. We'll, we'll be open whenever you guys no, that's a win-win-win. I get to we get to come into South Fork and have brunch. I get to eat with Court, which I never get to do. Don't do that, and, often. and we all follow through on a commitment. That's there you go. The, that's the other win-win-win. It's all coming together. <laughs> well, you know, and the other one of my other favorite things is Eli's girlfriend Sierra, who is a cook at Jackrabbit, comes in and works Sunday brunch with us, which is great. She's uh, really great to have. He's extremely talented. He's going to go off and do something on his own one day. That's going to be fantastic. I know. But having us all—is it a you heard it here first, or have you been touting this to a lot of people for a while? No. Was he with you anywhere else, or did, no, how did you know? You find we, you, he and I like? met uh, at IPNC like three or four years ago, and mm -hmm. uh, right when he was starting uh, culinary school at OCI, he was a uh, one of the students that helped uh, Vitaly and Ben and I out at a event. It was the Sunday Passport to Pino, and we were doing uh, some breakfast sandwiches and stuff. It was right after Imperial had opened. And we were out there uh, doing that, and Eli was one of the guys. And we made a really strong connection. Uh, he did his internship at Imperial. And then he went out and did his own thing. He uh, owns land, actually, in Hawaii, which is awesome for a young kid. Mm -hmm. uh, his parents live out there. He's originally from Brownsville, Oregon, a uh, local kid. Um, so this is a good lesson for those for works people hard. at OCI. Yeah, just Get out there and get to events and just stage. I mean, events. we met, we met, you know, it was, if you want to call it networking, it was. And four years later, I put a email or a uh, Facebook blast out that we were looking for cooks and Eli was the first person that responded. Cool. And the way things just kind of developed, you know, within a couple of weeks, he was a sous chef and just put his head down and just really, he's, he's. I can't say enough good stuff about the kid. Good. Well, and it also means you're enjoying yourself in the kitchen, right. too, because you would yeah. not be saying that if you weren't enjoying well, you the, know, he, the relationship. He's, he's there with me during those 16, 17-hour days. Yeah. You know, so we've created, like, created quite the uh, quite a good bond between the two of us. You know? I would think, and yeah, there, there are a lot of those bonds in the industry because you spend so much time, and it's hard work, and you really have to count on each other. Everybody's got to have everybody's back. Yeah. And so you you did that with some incredible people for years. I was lucky enough to work with Vitaly for 10 years, yeah. you know, just over. But Mr. But Paley. We're that guy gets a lot of... We're learning, <laughs> even though I think <laughs> Vitaly, everybody knows, most people know who Vitaly is, but... You should. You've got to say Vitaly Paley on the podcast, because yeah. we can't assume that there... We have people who actually live yes. listening in Afghanistan and other countries. Well, it's, you know. look at the roster of people that have come through there. 
have come through working with them are just, you know, my first three or four months at Paley's was uh, Jason Barakowski, uh, Ben Bettinger. Who was later at, uh, at Woodsman, but he Clyde was Clyde Common, also, Woodsman. But before that, he was at uh, Ripe. Or at Ripe, Ripe, at Gotham. Uh, Gabriel, Gotham. yeah, Gabriel. Uh, Rucker. Sorry, I'm not giving last names. Gabriel Rucker. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm name dropping here. No, it's um, it's fun. It's you know cool. Benjamin and myself and you know other Jason French went went through. Jason there. French was before me, mm-hmm. uh, just barely, and you know I started in October of 2004, and then uh, left in uh, December. Uh, New Year's Eve was my last day of 2014, so right right around there. But anyway, back to brunch and stuff. So Sierra coming in. Uh, and isn't, that's the coolest thing. So those are the things that Gary, who works, you know, helps helps us on the podcast and hi- mm-hmm. features things oh, on I the listen podcast. To, yeah. Those are the things that he knows. You just go to the Instagram and he, he knows who everybody is and where they're doing brunch and where they might be on Tuesday nights making drinks. It's There's so much going it's on. It's the coolest part of the Portland food yeah. scene is all the synergy between people. I didn't mean well, to interrupt you on that, but I no, just think it's, it's so we, cool. You know, we were talking about synergy and just, you know, the the Portland community and you know, it's like the uh, having Cynthia as my fiance and my baby mama. She taught me how to make her Mexican chorizo, like the spice and everything that goes into it. And she's very passionate about what she does. And so, one of the things we're doing is buttermilk biscuits with chorizo gravy. So it's our biscuits and gravy that we're doing on Sundays. And Sierra comes in and she's the biscuit lady. So I've Instagrammed her a couple of times making biscuits. She's hilarious. Uh, she comes in, she puts, she's all in, you know, and it's, it's great to see somebody who comes in one day a week who just doesn't come in and give 75%, you know, she works until midnight or later the night before Jackrabbit and is there at 630 in the morning to get going. Nice. You know. So, um, not to put you on the spot here, but it sounds like it would be a kind of a cool idea since we were talking about our PFA on October 26th. Mm-hmm. Can we have some Cynthia influence there? Is there, is there? Yeah. Like one dish that she's put her mark on of the many that people Oof, are going to have? Man, she's done so much stuff. The chorizo would be a great one. Yeah. Okay. Well, you'll figure it out. We're recording this uh, about a, even more than a month before yeah. the event. So I didn't, don't expect you to have the, yeah. the uh, menu all worked out. But at any rate, so she's doing her own thing. She's doing some pop-ups. You're right. at South Fork. And how many months has it been? Just over three. Just over three. And is it go? Is is yeah? Are you seeing a build? Are you seeing seeing a build every week? Gets better. That's every great. Day and better. I, you know, I, we, everybody has ebbs and flows. You know, we uh, the what was I going to say? Oh, the uh, two weeks ago to the day, you know, we got broken into and had some vandalism and had to close for the day, and that and just sucks. And it's like, like almost every day you see that it, here. You know, it's the the guy tweaker broke in. And he got caught, right? Got caught. Yeah, actually, uh, my neighbor actually sent me a facebook post this morning the guy's being held on like three hundred and thirty two thousand dollar bond right now mm-hmm. um unfortunately he attempted to sexually assault a young lady before he broke into our bathroom and trashed everything so guys i feel worse that she had to go through that than i do about what we went through for uh, sure because that's absolutely. obviously way more devastating um but it sounded like he didn't get very far and ended up taking off uh then he came to south Fork and what was he looking for? I don't know. He he had a hammer or something, but he literally took the, there's bathrooms that are upstairs that are kind of, you know, if you've been there, you see there's a courtyard, there's other mm-hmm. businesses there, and we share bathrooms. And we, if you go out through the, the bar and into the back, there are two bathrooms downstairs and two bathrooms upstairs. And he broke into the upstairs and w- took a hammer to the uh, bathroom. And the bathroom sits over. It was just vandalism? He wasn't vandalism. looking to rip anything no. off? Every, you know, it's every. Uh, he's. What's going? What is going on in someone's head know. where they have to do that? I mean, when it was just malicious, and but the bathroom sits over, the pipes part of the pipes sit over our office, so the pipes Earth. leaked pretty mm. badly. And you know, going back to real quick to common law, the the building across the street from South Fork right now is under construction by some guys from SiteWorks, and SiteWorks built uh, Pine Street Market, and they built uh, you know everything inside there and we worked very closely at common law with them and when i came to south fork i saw the the general and the supervisor and a bunch of the the plumber and the electrician all of these guys worked on common law and they're working in the building across the way 
So the supervisor called me at 8.45 one morning or 7.45 and said, hey, you got water coming out your front door and your side door and your other side door. And we hustled down and, you know, there was two inches of water in the front dining room. There was, I don't know, more than that in the bar. And the office was locked, but the pipes were right above the office. And we had two computers and our computer for our POS. So three computers in there and it ruined everything. And, and these are things, you know, restaurants are working on tight margins. So, yeah. and you don't have it in your business plan. You know, the once a year vandalism out of the blue to replace computers and, and yeah, well, you know, all this stuff. We quickly realized that it was going to take a day to sort everything through. And, you know, when I got there, water was still leaking, hmm. you know, and putting trash cans and things we could find under trying to salvage what we could. But, you know, it's a office that's, you know, a little bit bigger than a shoebox mm-hmm. to begin with. If you've been to a lot of, you know, restaurants, the offices. Yeah, that's you know, not going to be the, that's not where no, a lot no. of the space is going to yeah. be. And, you know, it just, it put nine people out of work for a day. You know, and I put, put my hourly cooks out for a mm. day. And, you know. Well, thankfully, just a day. Yeah. Could, I mean, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. You know, with all the, the other bad things that have happened around town to people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and the environment, the whole thing. The, yeah. Hey, ca- by the way, cataclysm. while we're at it, not, I just added uh, an option for the tickets to our PFA that we'll give to Trail Keepers. Okay. Um, Perfect. We'll, we'll match a donation for anybody who buys that ticket. We'll match it. So, awesome. Because I'm. That's great. I'm looking at the gorge, and uh, I you just want to yeah, see. I I had literally been out with. I uh, gave Cynthia a morning off and took all three of the kids to Multnomah Falls and we, with me and Oliver and a kitty pack and uh, Bella and Henry, we hiked from the bottom all the way to the overlook at the top uh, two weeks before the fire broke out. Wow. You know, we just had an amazing time and went back the following week and uh, tooled around out in the gorge again and just had a great time and we had another hike scheduled. My daughter and I were got really into this and it's, given us a chance to, you know, get out of the house in the summertime, no TV, you know, get out. Uh, it was a really good bonding time for us, and it was something that, uh, kind of a new ritual that we had started of going hiking together, and then it was gone. Yeah. Well, you know. you'll be able to hike. It's just going to look, look a lot different. I guess. I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but I just, I think it's terrible. And, uh, you know, that and people breaking in with bathrooms so let's get to something fires floods more, more fun and and positive you spent uh you were you had the good fortune of uh being on iron chef with yes. Vitaly and ben um and Amazing. winning yes so do you have a favorite story from there a favorite memory that uh because that to me was the premier tv food show cooking show yeah and to have won that and be the first and only i think to bring it back to to Portland to bring the the Victor's Cup and the Radish shirt. That's right. Back um, a couple of tattoos. <laughs> couple of ta- oh, you got it. Where are that? Where is- I got mine. So ben you wouldn't o- ben know. Ben always laughed at you mine. You got a nice button-down shirt buttoned right up. There's your radish. Awesome. Yeah. Ben got the big one. I got the the dainty Here, let's, radish. Let's hold on. Hold that out again. This is going to be the uh, shot for the <laughs> for the podcast, right? And oh my God, I hate when I pull my phone up and it's me. Mm. It's on. Oh yeah, the, the reverse camera. Yeah. There we There's go. a shock. There we go. We got the shot. This right. time I didn't well, forget. Um, yeah, what so, an incredible experience. It was a summer of preparation and, man, anxiety. And it nothing compared to, like, what it was like to get into the studio, to see it, meeting Alton Brown, meeting the chairman, the whole crew that was in there. The production behind everything is intense. And... Getting in there and walking into Kitchen Stadium, you know, we uh, got to go in to see a filming prior to us being filmed, and which was, our stay was pretty brief, but you just get kind of a lay of the land of what's going on. And as I understand it, they give you three possible uh, ingredients. So you knew, what were the other two? Do you remember what the other two possible ingredients were? And were you rooting for radish? Yes. Okay. You got where you wanted. Yeah. By far. And... It was by far the hardest ingredient that they gave us, I think. And, you know, what do you do with radishes? It's like people, 
Just slice them really and know. put them on a salad. What's know? interesting is I really never, there was a, there's a lot of foods that uh, before I got to Portland, I didn't spend a lot of time with. And since I've been to, since I've been here, radishes are now something that is, when I'm at the market, at Zupan's, mm-hmm. I nice pick it. Uh, pardon me? <laughs> nice plug. Yeah. Well, at Zupan's, uh, they have different kinds of radishes, and I love bringing yeah. those home and, and slicing them up, which is something I never used to put in salads before. So, Well, and coming from here and having radishes from here and then going to New York. Yeah, well, I think that's part of it, they were total. They were totally different. Right. But also they're celebrated here. Just, you know, and things like this help celebrate it, right? So, well, and, you know, we figured the day we got there that we would go to the uh, Union Square Farmer's Market, see what was there, and we would kind of get a lay of the land as far as what we would potentially get because their caveat was whatever's in season. So we went to the market, and we didn't see one radish. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and... We, you know, they unveiled it very, you know, very quickly prior to the filming. And we were like, okay. So and that's right when I was like, okay. Describe how the battle occurs. So with Vitaly, you, and it was the three of you, right? You right, and Ben yeah, Benninger. Right. And um, how, so how do you, what's the strategy? You find out it's Battle Radish. You run back to your stations. Does Vitaly's got to have complete confidence that you guys know what you're doing and that that he doesn't have to tell you everything. You you yeah. have your own take on what you're going to do because you have different dishes. Right. So, well, there's definitely a pregame before you get there. We had a pregame of things that we wanted to do. So we took that plan of action and we were kind of like the three-headed monster. You know, Ben went his way to do his things. I went my way and Vitaly went his and came together in the end you know and there were little bits of things that you know ben fried some stuff for me i chopped some stuff for him we did some stuff for Vito. you know so it's all did you think you were gonna win while you were doing it you know in the moment my concern was or not concern my i was just focused you know it was just about trying to do the best i could i knew i could do it i had to keep telling myself, you know, you got it. You can keep going. And I had so much faith in what the two of them were going to do that I was more worried about myself, you know, whether I was going to screw it up. And Well, I know. guess that's the way it should be because you can only control you know, yourself. So I knew that I had to do the best that I could do, and I knew I could do it, but it just, you know, I had a list in my head of things that I wanted to do or my list in my head of things I knew that I needed to accomplish by a certain period of time. You know, and with that being said, you know, you hear on TV, 15 minutes have elapsed. And I was like, Jesus, I feel like I just got my apron on, man. Like, right. you know, it that's was, what I've heard from a lot of people. It's the clock that's the problem. You know, because you're so, all very good at doing what you're doing and you have, well, you know, you're under the gun, but not under us. Well, but people don't, I think people don't understand what it's like to go in in a food competition of this kind, whether it's chopped or, you know, Ben and I are on knife fight together. You know, it's where you go in and you cook under an hour. And by far, uh, Night Fight was probably the most fun, but Iron Chef was the most challenging and was so much, uh, I wouldn't say it was more rewarding. It was different because it was a team atmosphere. It was, you know, Night Fight's you against another guy. And knowing what, you know, after it was all over, knowing what we did and what we were able to accomplish. I felt really great when we put the last dish down. I was like, you know, if we lose this, we 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 went down fighting. And I felt really good about what we did. And then were you competitive as a child? Were you into sports? Was that Oh yeah. What did I you love all your with? baseball analogies. I was way into baseball. Cal Ripken's my guy. Are you still following? Yeah. Who's your team? The Orioles. Oh, right, right, right. The, the Orioles. So you're too you're way too young to know. I was there at 69. Oh, at, yeah. At Shea Stadium which is so. the greatest game. Well, not necessarily now, but the you greatest know, game in yeah. Met history, that and uh, the two games in 86, I yeah. suppose. I mean, I was born in Kansas City, so there's still part of me that's a Royal fan. Oh, you had a couple of good years there. You know, um, yeah, real surprised a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. See that happen, but then, you know. So baseball is your sport? Baseball, uh, I love basketball, NBA. Okay. You know, um, I do follow the, the Ducks, uh, football and uh basketball 
Um, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. I know Doug Adams and I are uh, a solo, I think, out there. Yeah, there are probably other of, people. But uh, I bet. run into, but see, I, it's rare that I run into big baseball fans uh, but in Portland because it's not, it should be a baseball. I so get up and I, I, you know, I look at the standings every day and I see how we're doing and how we're not doing, what our last 10 was like. You got the, I love your play-by-play guy, Gary Thorne. You, and I don't know, did he leave this year? I think he might have. I think he left this year. Oh, man, he was with so. the Mets in 86. Mm-hmm. And I used to, I mean, when I'd look at I other feel, games. I, I feel bad that you're a Mets fan. It's been. Oh, you know, <laughs> we're it's gonna just talk part of the misery, here. that's all. But we've no, Misery had, loves company. Yeah, I mean, we've had know. a couple of good years. But yeah. uh, with the Orioles, because of Gary Thorne, whenever I look at my MLB package and the Mets aren't on it, I just feel like having background baseball. Right. I usually put the Orioles on because I like Gary Thorne. You like listening to him. Yeah. yeah. And to me, that's the, a lot of the baseball experience. It is. Yeah. It's the discussion during the game, and it's it's. We the yeah. Strategy. I went out. I used to go out with a group of friends of mine, and this was eighty eight, eighty nine. We'd sit in the bleachers. What was the park? It was. Uh, it was Memorial. Memorial Park, right, right. We sat in the bleachers. I think we paid a couple bucks a game for these seats. Uh, I remember. Uh, Getting to like touch gloves with Dave Winfield, mm-hmm. um, throw in double A batteries at uh, Jose Canseco. Oh, you did that? Oh yeah! Wow! Do should I not have said that? No, <laughs> but I think you should apply that to your experiences at South Fork for the bad customers. <laughs> to sit back there and chuck double A batteries at them. I think that would be. Hey, that uh, any that, uh, publicity? Any publicity is good publicity. Well, you know we. I was never a big Jose Canseco fan. Yeah, well, there were reasons but not to be. But I can't believe I remember you were the, throwing batteries, man. The specific time. Well, okay, so Wait, let me, had, hold on, let me back up. Did you have a mullet when you were doing that, too? Mullet I and batteries? I might have gone into the mohawk at that point. I'm not <laughs> sure. Okay, that makes more sense. But the, this, one of the guys that I went with, that we, we all would go up. There was four, four or five of us who used to go to these games. And he was the loudest guy that I've ever been to any kind of sporting event with. He was yelling at all the players, and we were three rows up from the right field foul pole. So he leaned down one day, and this was right when it kind of came out in the, like the, the media, you know, that Jose Canseco had been dating Madonna. Okay. So he leans over the fence, and he's like, hey, Jose, I heard you're a material kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And he flipped us the bird. So we threw batteries back at him. And French fries. And, and I think I'm one guy curious, threw a beer. But wait a minute, that had to be premeditated. Either, either that or you took him out of your CD. You walking ar- yeah, you're walking around with <laughs> double A's in your pocket. <laughs> no, well, well, what, we're, what were we talking? Were you talking D's? C's? <laughs> double A, you know. Double, double A's, A's. Double right. A ball. Sure. Double. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you mean when you're talking well, double A. Well, that's why ball. you throw double A batteries because you should go back to playing double A ball. Do uh-huh. you actually say that as you're throwing it? Pick no, this I battery just... up and see where you should be. So we got into a little bit of trouble. I think maybe that's but. your bathroom karma. Maybe that came back know. years later. Years, very, very, very <laughs> many years. Later. He's done so much good in between then. I know that, but it's it's it was sitting out there. So hopefully it's gone. You know, but of course at the time we were like, can you believe it? He flipped us off. Yeah. Now. You know. Now we got so. a president who does that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at the, you know, at the same time, this was a time period in the history of Washington D.C. when our mayor. Got caught uh, a with the prostitute and b smoking crack, and got a, and and got away with it. Got away with it. So. Well, he he eventually went to jail. Yeah, but ev- he had to but, keep going down well, that road. At the get- time, I remember a couple of days prior to him getting caught, he was being questioned at a press conference, and he flipped off the reporter, and somebody caught it on, you know, took a picture of it and got it caught. And I remember I worked on the corner of uh, M Street and Constitution Avenue, downtown. And my, uh, I was walking, you know, it's like DC. So there's a bunch of like the t-shirt shops, you know, lots is souvenirs and type stuff. And I always really ignored them. I remember when I was walking by this one place and they had a big picture of Marion Barry on the front said, welcome to Washington DC. And it was a picture of him flipping you off. And I was like, perfect. So I bought the t-shirt, of course. You still have it? No, it's long gone. Now, if we could only have like baseball cards, if we could only have our t-shirt collections from college days, I had quite a few. I don't have it. Well, I wouldn't fit in them now, but they'd be nice. I do have I still somewhere. have baseball cards. Tell you what I do. You really? Oh, yeah. What's the best one you have? It's got to be a couple. I've got a couple of Cal cards that are mm. old. Dude, I've got I a, had a couple of Ty Cobbs. I got a. I don't uh, have them anymore. I need to look. They're in. They've got. They're in protected. You know, plastic. Um, I think from one of my cousins, I've got an old Johnny Bench. Okay. So, but it's in a box. 
somewhere. Best catcher that ever lived. So, and by the way, listening to him tell stories is really cool. Yeah, Tony Perez. Um, uh, we are not talking about food baseball. I love it. <laughs> well, yeah. The only thing is, I love it too. But I think probably there. I I know that a lot of people who listen to this podcast, the majority are not not baseball fans. Yeah. So, but I. But it's interesting to me, insofar as it's interesting to you, because that's. I always correlate being in a kitchen to you know it's like being a part of a team. Right. You know, uh, I was always, you know, I played Little League. I played football. Um, I wrestled for a what little while. Posi- what position did you play in football? I was a tackle. I was a guard. Um, baseball, I was third base. And I played short, and I played center field. So Nice. I, so do you get to throw a ball around with your kids, or are, you, are they into sports? Man, My kids, I, have, I tried. No, yeah. Not really. Um, be curious to see what. You know, Henry's in the Batman superheroes mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, you know, we play around with the ball every now and then with him, but I need to get him a glove and teach him how to th- teach him how to throw. So, you know, but you would ask me about talking about him. You know, he's 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 a different kid. You know, I hate saying not different. He's just one in about two million. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, I think for those people that know me, know he's a he's. A kid with special needs. He's a very unique individual. Um, you know, I was thinking about, uh, you had asked me about talking about him uh, prior to coming, and I was thinking about something about him as, you know, with all the challenges and everything that he faces every day, it's like, man, this kid is in, in ways he's just so brilliant. And the amount of things that he's taught me, I feel like more than I've taught him. How, how old is he now? Uh, he just turned 13 last week. All right. And so when did you first have that realization? Because, uh, you know, I raised a son with needs too. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was the best, when things turned around, when things be- went from really, really hard for both of us to when it got a little easier is when I started to realize that, when I started to look at everything through his eyes and I realized, man, you know, w- what he's just taught me is my view of the world is not the yeah. right view of the world or the proper or the the only way the way he sees things is incredible if i just stop and pay attention to it yeah. i'll it'll open up my world too and so he's a very wh- happy at what, at what point did you have that realization cuz that to me i wish i had it earlier you know we we struggled when he was little and then we struggled again when he wasn't so little and there you know there are moments that are very challenging and struggling um you know he went through open heart surgery he went through multiple uh heart procedures you know he was at the hospital he was at dornbecker shoot um you know twice a week or once a week mm. you know and every day for and a long, not easy long. for a guy who does what you do for a living too. no and i you know and at, at this point i had started at paley's mm-hmm. my ex-wife and i uh, he was born in eugene and then uh he had significant problems right out of out of the gate and we knew we were gonna have to leave Eugene they were actually at the time uh, telling us that if he if the seriousness with his heart progressed to a certain point they were gonna life flight him to Dornbecker Mm. Uh, so we were on a standby list and he got better slowly and was able to come home and when we left the hospital there the one of his uh, pediatricians said, hey, you know, I know you said you're from Portland. You should consider moving back. And I thought about it and talked with a good friend of mine who is uh, David Hoyle, who's uh, Vito just did the High on a Hog dinner with him mm-hmm. uh, from Creative Growers, um, knew Vitali and put in a good word for me. And that's how I got my job. I yeah. started at Paley. So in the meantime, so I'm in the I'm in the most intense work environment I've ever been in, and challenging with food, and I'm loving it. And then I have to, you know. But he understood that, and you and gave you the, he the was, freedom to yeah, do what you was, to do. Yeah, Vito was. you know, he's always had my back. As I've always said, I had to be self-employed to do, just to be able to, to be on it. Yeah. Uh, there's no way I could have had a job and and been involved with schools and lobbied right. and advocated the way I did and still remain sane, by the way. People do it. I just, it's, my makeup you know, was I couldn't do it. So you were working a hard job and 
on top of this. You know, and too. but you know, my ex-wife has done an amazing job with raising the kids. Uh, and you well. two, you two are still close. Um, I wouldn't say we're close, but you know, we're you know the parents. I mean, you're are, on, you're on, we're on the same you're page. You're in sync. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we always said to each other, you know, that we were a really great crisis couple. You know, if there was really bad stuff going on, we were always really good uh, regarding that. And we focused a lot on the kids, and you know, in the end, we didn't focus a lot on ourselves, and that led to the you know demise of our relationship. And it happens to uh-huh. a lot of people. You're looking at someone who that ha- who happened to me, and I, I don't blame it all on that. But yeah, it, I mean, I'm not. There's you know, my my relationship well. before kids was a lot better than after kids. That's you there's know. no two ways about that. But uh, you know, like you're saying, you know, with Henry looking at what he looks at life like, you know, looking through his eyes is pretty uh, pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. And, how he sees things, how he takes things, how he may not understand or, you know, his understanding of a situation uh, and how he kind of processes things. You know, it's sometimes it's really slow. Sometimes it's, you know, incredibly fast for even somebody that's 13 years old. Yeah. And there's some things that are um, some things that we're just super good at. Like, you know, Austin was into superheroes, too, and really into po- yeah. Pokemon as well. But I just wrote someone last night who had written me about something that. 28 now, gainfully employed, yeah, and uh, living independently, which I was told early on was never going to happen. Yeah, and so these things, you know, it's a as I said earlier, it's a long journey. And um, well, uh, you know, I relate it to you know there was a guy that I worked for here in Portland, a chef, who told me that I wasn't ever going to do anything, and that I wouldn't be a sous chef, that I was never going to be a leader in a kitchen, that I never had a vision. You know, that he doubted what I was ever going to be able to do. You know, and in correlation, I remember Henry's doctors saying, you know, that he wouldn't live to see three months old, and then it was six months old, and then it was a year, and then it was three years. You know, and he just turned 13. So, you know, out of anybody who can do anything and show you you can do whatever you want to do, you know, man, that was, that's been a big lesson mm-hmm. for me. It's, and you and still have a, you have a lot of in front of you, too. Yeah. Well, he's, you know, we're, at him approaching 13, we're looking at, you know, uh, looking at life beyond. Now what it's, you know, his sister's getting older, she's a senior in high school, and she's going to be off and doing her own thing. And Man, you got him at all ages. You're, yeah. You got a span. 17, 13, and nine months. Wow. Court, <laughs> I'm looking at you. I don't know what to re- how to respond to that. I, I I took care of that issue a little bit ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's. Um, I commend you. Not that's an issue. Well, yeah, no. Ex- well, but this guy is in one of the hardest jobs there. Yeah. There can be, oh yeah, all of them. Under pressure, does it well, and then your job at home. I wouldn't call it a job, but your what you do at home, you've got that's not easy either. No, it's um, great. I love being a dad. You mm-hmm. know, I love all of my kids independently, you know, very dearly. You know, one thing I'll say quickly about being a father with special needs is some of the attention sometimes you get is unwanted and, you know, people staring. Um, you know, Henry obviously looks a little bit different and there are people that come up, you know, that I think that mean well, you know, and it's like I've got my daughter there and I've got my son there and they're like, Oh, you have a little angel you know, it's like, well actually I've got two angels. Mm. You know, and the way my my daughter's seen, you know, she's an old soul, man. She is just I can't say enough good stuff about her. She's a good kid. She takes care of her brother. You know, she's seen more than a lot of kids of her age have seen. And And that's what Henry really wants is just to be that same angel that his sister is. That's yeah, he's perfect. so, and the, you know, when he found out that he was going to be a big brother at first, he was like, oh, you know, I wanted to be the youngest, you know, and now he's like, we'll come up and. Yeah, both. You're the, you're, uh, you got. He's uh, great. Oliver will be absolutely screaming and he'll come up and tap you on the shoulder and be like, uh, uh, dad, the baby's screaming. Like, <laughs> well, and well, the, I'm well the, aware the, of that. The day that he starts doing something <laughs> about it is, is when you. He plays with them. Yeah. You know, no, he'll, 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 he'll interact with them, good. you know, so. He's ready to teach him all about Batman and Star Wars. So, I had a little Batman logo on by my front door when I was a kid. Oh, did you really? Yeah, absolutely. Batman. I loved that whole Batman thing. It was a different feel then than it was now. It was campy and stupid. Yeah, and that's what we. Oh, he loves liked. the serious, the dark. You know, he yeah. loves the the Dark Knight. I would love to continue this conversation. We just got what, into quick? an area that yeah, it went. It's an hour already. Was it really? Yeah. 
So when it goes quickly, um, I think that's always a good thing because it goes quickly. It's better than <laughs> better than when is this going to end? So uh, thank you so much. I know thank you, you for you having took, me. In. You took uh, it was not easy for you to get time off, and you were very gracious to immediately. Well, well, thank you. Some people don't immediately agree that they can do it. They have to, but you immediately did. So you were going to make. I admit, I I went to uh, my sous chef first, and my wife. My future wife. I call her my wife. So it's when's that happening? Intensive. We actually. Uh, she rolled over this morning. And was like, all right, dude. <laughs> oh, you got married this morning? No. <laughs> She's like, we got to get this planned out. So good. We had a we had a plan, and then she got pregnant, and then we had Oliver. So we, everything kind of took a back seat. All right. Well, hope so. hope it'll be joyous whenever it is, and we'll look forward to. Uh, You'll probably be there. You'll get invited. Oh, I haven't been invited to a wedding in a while, so I, I would. I don't, be, maybe I'd not. Be flattered. I don't know. <laughs> you, yeah, you may not want me there. I'm good. I'm, he cries. I'm, he I'm cries fine. at all the weddings. Yeah, so I'm good. I take good pictures. Right. By the she's, way, she's telling me it's going to be a Mexican wedding, so lots of dancing, lots of food. There oh, that's go. cool. So fantastic. A whole pig in there somewhere. Well, gracias. Right at the fork is brought to you by Zupans, unsurpassed quality. From the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years, Zupans Markets. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Yeah.